You are entering another classroom, one so strange and unfamiliar it is scarcely recognizable as reality. Your next stop ahead, the Oddity Film Society. Swiss Army Man. I missed part of the intro, but hey, I just wing it every time, I guess. So, I'm Thomas. I'm Anderson. I'm Cameron. I'm Bev. I'm Jack. I'm Grayson. That is the best series of introducing names I think that we've done since COVID. I think so, too. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I feel like it was never, I mean, I feel like sometimes in school it would be, like, a mess, too, but, yeah, that was, that was pretty clean. Fantastic. <laughs> I feel like yeah. out of probably, it's probably out of all the ones we've done, one of the best. It's funny that we can congratulate ourselves on something so small as saying our names. <laughs> that just shows you what this podcast is like. <laughs> uh, so, uh... Everybody's doing okay? Very much. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, it's nice to have Jack back. He hasn't been around for a while. He's been gainfully employed. Yeah. At Walmart in Welland. And uh, Jack, do you have any crazy Walmart stories you would like to regale us with? Uh, well, I work in the warehouse. So that's like the online grocery department. Okay. So, that last week there was a busy day, and the parking lot was full, and we were so understaffed, and then this one lady just, just she just ran in, and just started yelling at anyone in their path, and it, it's great. Okay. Did anybody cry? No. Pee themselves? No. Okay. Lady just embarrassed herself. That's always fun. Well, it's like, you know, grown adult coming in, yelling at a bunch of teenagers. I mean, you look pretty stupid. That is true. I think it's funny when people try to throw their weight around. I I spent some time in retail, and one of my favorite things was uh, when... A, uh, somebody who would be employed as a teacher would come in and they would have a problem their go-to was always do you know who I am? I'm a teacher <laughs> I always thought that was Dude. really funny yeah, the teachers feel a need to uh, to say that, that they're teachers that as... they are in fact a teacher yeah, yeah, as, as if that's some sort of authority in, in the real world I think is kind of funny and I say that as a teacher Um, that, yeah, that, that only works in the school. Yeah. Outside of the building? Nope. Even then, Jack, I don't think it works very well. Well, it has some effect, at least. I don't know. The amount of times I've been physically assaulted, I'm not sure that it really does anything. Uh, so, 
Okay, it's only afternoon lights. Uh, so I have some news. I have a, uh, a new, I don't know if you can see it, one of our new t-shirts. It's pretty nice. I like it quite a bit. I got a, a, an assortment. This is our new design. Um, got silver on gray. I hope you can't see um, the, the sweat stains that are on it because uh, it was pretty warm outside. It's pretty, pretty rank. I should probably uh, clean myself. Um, but it's not, uh, it's not Monday. And uh, I got a couple other ones. I got one that's uh, almost impossible to look at. It's a purple t-shirt with green. And then I got another one. I got one that's, uh, that was black with purple. But it was kind of neat to have so much variety. I did a similar one with one of the ones that I ordered. I got like red, red background, and then like yellow print. Oh, that'll be garish. <laughs> have you picked them up yet? Yeah. Uh, not yet. No? I'm very impressed with the quality of the cotton. It's like a, kind of like a sporty cotton, which is really nice. It's kind of soft and thin. Not the kind that's like... I'm actually... Yeah, you're wearing one of the old ones. This is one of the old ones. This is from, uh, this is from like a filing cabinet from room 304, the yeah. original room. Um, this was a very generous free gift from Mr. Anderson at the end of grade nine. I, uh, did I give that to you? Didn't I give that to you when you, um, gave out popcorn at like grade eight, right? I, no, I no? don't think so. Okay. I think it was... I, th I think when I did grade grade eight day, or I think no, it was like an open house or something. I think I might have been in grade ten. Okay. All right. So it was just like the end of the semester when I really didn't care anymore. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It was nice, nonetheless. Okay. Um, any any news? Other than Beverly has uh, ducks roosting on her foot. <laughs> I feel like we should go into that for context. Uh, Beverly, can you tell us about uh, your new children? Um, so I have three, and two of my sisters each have two. And mine are named Kiwi, Banana, and Celery. And Kiwi's very aggressive, and they like to team up on Celery and just bully him. Oh. Do you think that has something to do with the name? Like two fruits against a vegetable? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Kiwi's the largest of them, so she kind of just, like, takes advantage of that. Okay, I would do that as well. Um, <laughs> why celery? Why not three fruits and then you could have just had, like, a fruit salad? Uh, I don't know. I couldn't think... Okay, well, I was only supposed to have two, so it's supposed to be banana and kiwi, and I couldn't think of a third name, so I let my boyfriend name them. Okay. Yeah. And you pick celery? He picks celery. Okay. Yes. Uh, did I mention that we're getting kittens? No. We're getting oh, two. I know. Uh, we, we were going to get one, but then uh, some friends have, uh, they live on a farm and they've got barn kitties and they thought that they had uh, a girl and a boy cat in the, uh, the barn to, uh, to mouse for them, but then it turns out that they have two girl cats. And then they both got pregnant about, like, kind of a week apart. And they had their litters. And so they had a, an abundance of kitty cats. And we signed on for one, and 
Then they ended up having somebody back out of another one. So they're like, would you like a second? We're like, yes, we do. So we have one name uh, for the girl that we knew we were getting first. Um, and she's kind of like a, a gray, beigey, white calico. Um, and then the boy is a week newer. And he's kind of, he looks like a cow. And we think we have a name for um, the girl. We're thinking Mighty Mew Mew Thunderpants. So, uh, well, I think it'd be Mew Mew for short, um, probably. What was the full name? Mighty Mew Mew Thunderpants. <laughs> um, and then I'm pulling, I'm pulling for the, for the other one to be called Dollarama. Yeah, me too. Mighty Mew Mew Thunderpants and Dollarama. What are your kids thinking about? <laughs> Nobody likes Dollarama. Everybody likes Mighty Mew Mew Thunderpants. Mighty Mew Mew, it's a, it's a take on Thor. Um, yeah, I don't know. Any ideas? A cow kind of cat? So is Dollarama the cow cat? Yeah, yeah. I like Dollarama. You could have did Mighty Moo Moo for the cow one. Oh, yeah. Mighty Moo Moo. That's good. But I, I think that that's more of a girl name. Yeah. Or just like a classic Cameron. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I'd rather go for something classy. What about, uh, what about Thomas? Mm. I like part of that name. You can get a for each of us in film club <laughs> it's just all of us with you all the time <laughs> i'm not sure i could take that it would definitely push me over the edge okay well if you have any uh any great ideas for uh for cow cat names i'd uh i'd be happy to hear uh pardon me ofs mm. So, uh, any movie entertainment news? Thomas, I you... heard. Oh, oh sorry, Grayson. Grayson can go first. I got a huge list. Sorry. Um, I heard there's going to be a remake of the original Highlander movie with, uh, uh who, who plays, uh, the newer Superman in Man of Steel? Tom. Tom McDowell? Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be playing the. Highlander. Okay. I think I've heard about that. That's a franchise that I'm not really sure why it's so beloved. I've seen them, and I remember being a kid, and people were talking about them, like they were amazing. And then I saw it, and I was like, Meh. It didn't seem schlocky enough to be B, but I don't know, it just it never struck me as being really great or really cult-like. I've never really understood it. It's a neat premise, though. How do you feel about that, Grayson? Uh, I really like the first one. I guess my dad showed it to me, and we kind of like, uh, we like swords and stuff. So we're kind of cool. clicked. I like Henry Cavill. I think he's alright. He can grow a mean mustache. And then have it digitally altered. 
Uh, I came across uh, that Rob Zombie is supposed to be making a excuse me um, a version of the Munsters, which I, I think would be kind of neat. He's been trying to branch out, I think, away from the low budget sort of horror movie stuff, the really be dirty, grimy, and it'd be neat to see him do maybe a family friendly. Did we Something. lose camera? I think we did. I think she left. I think my burp offended her greatly. We'll see if she comes back. That would be... An inter- when, as soon as you said Rob Zombie, I haven't seen the Rob Zombie Halloween films, or really any of his films. Uh, but when you said that, I was like, eh. I was like, oh. And then I was like, eh. And then I thought about some of the stuff I know about those Halloween movies, and I was like, what's is it going to do that? weird stuff with monsters but maybe it'd be interesting if it was more kid friendly yeah I'd, I'd be interesting to see how his style would fit something a little bit more mainstream and I'd, even if it wasn't even if he gave it the rob zombie treatment i'd be interested to see how that would play out but his movies are just kind of gross they're kind of grimy and, and dirty yeah. and none of the characters really have redeeming qualities like i don't know i watch one of his movies and i feel like i need a shower so i don't know we lost you cameron did my uh did my releasing of gas uh offend you i left before that oh okay all right (laughs) i got kicked out for some reason (laughs) um so is anybody a fan of rob zombie music movies Okay. I'm not a fan of his Halloween movies. I think they really missed the point on uh, on the the series. Although I guess he wanted to go in a a different direction. Some of his other horror movies are okay. They're they're just not my taste. Do you have any other news, Grayson? Like about Highlander or anything else? No. Sorry. I just had to clear my throat. Um, it was only I only heard of it like a, as a rumor, and that he was cast as the main character. But is there any returning cast? N- not that I know of. Um, like, would it be? Is is it a reboot? Yeah, like a, yeah, a remake of some sort. Okay. That'd be interesting. Are, are would you recommend? I feel I think we've talked about the Highlander movies before on the podcast, but they're worth watching. Would you say the first one is definitely worth watching, but uh, the second one, not so much. Hmm. How many is there? Oh, I think there's like three or four, and then they have like a like a mini TV show or something that didn't go so well. But uh, but yeah, the first one's definitely a good. Uh, idea concept Thomas your news uh, does anybody else have any other quick bits of news because I got a long list I'll do mine really quick okay. I don't um, so I was on uh, I don't know why I was looking at Andrew Garfield for some reason and when I went to the movies that he's in, the new Spider-Man was underneath of it. 
And so now on the cast list, Toby McGuire, Tom Holland, and Andrew Garfield are all under Peter Parker. So that's enough. I don't know if if that's just like somebody put that in and it's not like valid news, but I thought that was interesting. Where did you see it? Um, I came across it when looking at Andrew Garfield's like list of everything that he Like did. IMDB or just a general Just a general. Like if you look okay. up his name, it's like one of the first things to pop up, but I don't know. That could be I, interesting. I mean, I would say probably. I, I think if I, I think it's that's may have been there for a while. I feel like I looked it up once and it was, and they were in the cast. Yeah. I, I, I feel like, I mean, I, you know, again, who knows? They might be in it, but mm-hmm. it feels like the kind of thing that they wouldn't officially reveal so soon. Yeah. There's a trailer coming out, I think, tomorrow. So that'd be awesome. Yeah, that could be. We've just been talking about updating along as the new Spider-Man is being put out, so I thought I'd jump in on that. <laughs> Thomas, you can go ahead. Any anybody else have any other quick news or long news? <laughs> okay, I'll go ahead. This is uh, speaking of Marvel characters. Uh, Chris Hemsworth is absolutely jacked right now. <laughs> they just finished. They just finished uh, shooting Thor Four: Love and Thunder, and they there was a, a set photo that they put out online, and it was of him. It was of uh, Chris Hemsworth and Taika Waititi, and Taika Waititi had or like mocap. Um, uh, Okay, a couple things. One, uh, Taika Waititi, how's his physical presence? Is is he cut too? Is he swole? He's, he's bigger than he's bigger than Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, okay. Um, I also find it interesting that Chris Hemsworth biceps are news. Well, okay. It, it, <laughs> it, it seems like, like it's like frighteningly big, I guess. When I saw it, I was like, this is like, oh man, this is too much. Did you gasp? <laughs> but, and he's also making this weird face. I think he's probably playing up, like playing up to the camera a little bit, but he's he has a white tank top with a design on it, and it made me think, and it made me, because we were talking about like uh, Big Trouble in Little China, and I was thinking... He would be probably a really good, uh, if they rebooted that series, he would probably be a really good Jack Burton. You know, like, big guy, but he would be able to play that kind of, thinks very highly of himself, but he's pretty unequipped for the situation. I think Chris Hemsworth would do a really good job in in a updated Jack Burton role. I think he'd need to trim down a lot. Because I don't think Jack Burton should be that <laughs> physically imposing. So much that, that Thomas Caligero gasps when he sees a picture of his veiny arms. That's it's a little too much. Uh, I, apparently, he's training to play Hulk Hogan in a biopic. I, w- I wonder if that's why. why I think was. so. Because it's not like like he's been like they all these uh, guys like everyone like just not even the guys like everyone in these movies they always train and get really fit for. I mean, I think. I, I 
don't know, but I I think everybody they all train for these Marvel movies. But like he just looks like way bigger than like everybody else. I, I just I just looked it up so that I could find a picture and the headline for men's health is Chris Hemsworth gains are becoming a problem for his stunt double. <laughs> Okay, so it is a thing. People are noticing. It's not just yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, he's he's very muscular, yes. Um but yeah, I feel like yeah, so maybe may yeah, maybe uh I don't know, uh, bulk down, what's the word? Lose weight. <laughs> I don't but I th- I think I think yeah, maybe if he was a little bit smaller, but seeing him in in like a white tank top with a kind of a very colorful design on it it just like kind of was like a light bulb in my head i was like he could be i think he could pull that roll off well um also something i feel we kind of uh overlooked in the last few months there's been trailers for two marvel movies two other marvel movies shang chi uh or shang chi i'm not sure how to pronounce it uh, and the Legend of the Ten Rings and Eternals. Um, looks kind of interesting. It's cool that there's more Marvel stuff coming soon. Also, the first episode of Loki is out on Disney Plus today, which is cool. Um, but before I get off on that, has anybody seen the trailers for uh, Shang Chi, Shang Chi, uh, or the Eternals? No, I have not checked them out. Um, yeah, it sounds familiar. It just feels like they're kind of scraping the bottom of the, the superhero barrel. But it felt like that with Guardians of the Galaxy as well. It was like, who are these characters? It, they, they seem like far beyond D level. I, I find it interesting that they're doing movies with those characters... And yet we're getting Falcon and the Winter Soldier, who are established as a television show, and uh, the Scarlet Witch as a television show, and Loki, and even I think Ms. Marvel. I think that's a TV show as well. I think those. I think they all have more name cred, and so it's it's an interesting choice to go with characters that I don't think anybody knows, and maybe it's just that they're trying to build up. Disney Plus as a platform to get people in. Like with these bringing in like new movies, or are you talking about the TV shows that they're trying to build up Disney Plus? The TV shows. They don't really need to build up the cinematic universe, but they do need to build up their television universe. And so maybe that's yeah. the the attempt of bringing in some of the not A-list characters, but but B or C-list movie characters and then launching brand new properties in the theater because they've already established the Marvel brand in, in, in theater but not on television so they want to bring their like their best game to TV or the, the best name recognition stuff I think it's cool that the main the main character in Shang-Chi Shang-Chi I'm just going to say Shang-Chi I, I hope I'm not saying it wrong um uh, but the main the main character in Shang Chi is played by a Canadian who uh, I know from the uh, Canadian show Kim's Convenience, which is like filmed in Toronto, I believe. But it's it's cool to see 
it's cool to see like a Canadian, especially like someone who I know who I've like from a show that I've watched that's filmed like an hour and a half away from like where we are now is like in a, one of these big Marvel movies. And I think another another actor in that show, one of the one of the main characters in Kim's Convenience, is also in The Mandalorian. I think they're like a, a fighter pilot. I I think Jack would probably be able to back me up on this. I think is his name Carson Tivo. In uh. In the Mandalorian. Who are you talking about? Is 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 there a is there a, a character in the Mandalorian called Carson Tivo or Tevo or something? Uh, maybe I'm not not a not a major character that I know of. Okay, I, I, I yeah, I think it's maybe a smaller role, but it's just it's cool to see these Canadian, um, Canadian actors, uh, Canadian I think Canadian Korean actors like you know getting, you know, I guess getting into big movies and TV shows and stuff, which is cool. Yeah. Um. There's a trailer for M. Night Shyamalan's new movie, Old. Uh, I don't know, people go on a beach, they get old. <laughs> I feel like that pretty much sums up the trailer. <laughs> um, Loki trailer. Uh, I mean, you know, the show's out now, so I don't know if it's really worth talking about. It looks interesting. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching that soon. Has anybody seen that one or interested in that trailer? I'm not interested in the trailer. I'm interested in the show. Uh, I might watch it tonight. I think Jack watched it already. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to watch it tonight or maybe tomorrow. I'm not 100% sure yet. But yeah, it looks it looks interesting. Uh, something interesting, going back to the Eternals real quick, something interesting... Uh, it's the same director as Nomadland, uh, and I apparently they're using in that movie more uh, practical sets than uh, like green screen stuff. Apparently, is what I've heard, which is cool. Um, what else do they got here? Oh, I guess uh, minor. Uh, are we okay to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Does anybody mind? No, I'm good. Okay. Um, I guess spoils for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, kind of. Uh, John Walker, uh, and I think he, he kind of reminds me of, in some ways, of uh, Michael Myers. Not not the actor, but the, the serial killer from the Halloween movies. He's got, like, he does this, uh, he's got very expressive eyes. And then it'll like do like a head tilt at times. He kind of takes a the character takes like a a bad turn at, at, in, the, through, in the show. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think, Mister Anderson? <laughs> do you know? What well, I'm he, t- about? he takes a bad turn. I uh, yeah. Or like about the Michael Myers thing. Do, do you see what I mean when I say that? Like how he has. Like, he does, like, that head tilt thing, like, when he's thinking. Like, the Michael Myers head tilt and all that. He does that a few times. Yeah, but I, I think that that's kind of... 
that's sort of done universally to make a character seem like they're they're contemplating something in a dubious way. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Uh, how is that connected to news? Uh, I don't know if it's news. I just okay. wanted to talk okay. about it. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, I don't want to get into this. I don't know if we really need to get into this. Apparently there's like UFOs or something. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, Thomas, did you get broken in, in between our last podcast and this one? No. Let's talk about news. Stuff. News is Chris Helmsworth has muscles, and uh, this superhero kind of reminds me of Michael Myers. <laughs> okay, I'll just go quick. Okay. The MacReady thing, you can buy it, and it looks better than the prototype pictures. We okay. talked about it before, and we thought it looked maybe not so good. It looks better in person, though. There's a big Lego Spider-Man Daily Bugle set, which looks pretty cool. I saw that one. It looks amazing. It's like 400 bucks. Yep, but it looks... <laughs> it, it comes with all of the minifigures ever created by Lego, I think. <laughs> 25. It, uh, it looks pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's also, and I was I was gonna bring this up on a past podcast, but I wasn't sure if anybody was into Transformers, like the robots thing. But after Mr. Anderson, you told us that one of the two movies you grew up with was Transformers, the movie from the '80s. Love it. I I figured you're probably a fan. You can get a voice-activated transforming Optimus Prime toy. And it and it'll like move and it'll like unfold by itself and it'll like uh and it'll make the noise that the you know the noise the <laughs> yeah I used to make that noise very often as a kid. Would you like to hear it again? It goes just like that. Yep. Does it say Autobots transform and roll out? I, I, yeah, I think it's got like I think it's got like everything. I think it even kind of like has like a breathing thing where it like goes up and down, like it, it like a like it like a full like like. A Why does a robot need thing. to breathe? I don't know. Don't they? I don't know. Do they move in the cartoons? As if they're breathing? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I thought you would know about this stuff. I don't really know much about it. I thought it looked pretty cool though. That it's like you just. You'd say, like, transform, and then it just does it on its own, and it makes all the noises. Like, even someone who's not really a, a fan, I think that's a pretty cool toy. That is pretty cool, but it also takes the fun out of what a transformer is, I think, isn't it? Like, it's kind of yeah, like a Rubik's Cube that solves itself. That's true. But it, it's pretty sweet. I, I did see it. It looks really good. Hmm. I think it's also, like, $600. Yeah, it's, it's another one of those, like, you want to get the Spider-Man Daily Bugle newspaper building? You gotta show up 400 bucks. You want to get the Optimus Prime thing? You gotta show up 600 bucks. Yeah, well, it's kind of like, would you like to eat this month? Or... Yeah. Or have a toy. Yeah. Uh, what else do you have that's new? That's it. Me? That's it. I'm done. <laughs> okay. I, I feel like I've... I've... <laughs> like debil debilitated mr anderson <laughs> your your hair is all going in a weird it was like 
Thomas. I feel like I'm falling apart a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm starting to like fall into laughter. I uh, mean, that's, that's what happens on the Oddity Film Society. After everything this year at school, uh, I'm, I'm not sure that you would be the one to push me over the, the edge, but I, I think it's going to come pretty soon. Uh, but there's, uh, there's only a couple, couple weeks left. Maybe I can, maybe I can get through it. I'll, I'll check my lithium supply. Um, so, what we watched? I'll go first. Uh, I will last. You'll go last? Okay. So, uh, let me pull up my handy-dandy Letterboxd app. Uh, follow me on Letterboxd. It's John Anderson, one word. Um, I have a, uh, an incredible number of followers. That's a lie. Uh, but recently, um, I have watched uh, a movie called The Favorite. Um, it is... Um, I'm trying to find the director um yorgos lanthimos he is the director of uh the lobster and killing of a sacred deer and it follows uh queen anne and her time as uh as the queen of england it's it doesn't have the same really bizarre acting that the director's other movies have um if anybody watches the lobster killing of a sacred deer he kind of does almost like a wes anderson uh inspired uh sort of um influence on his actors but they act very emotionless but this one was a little bit more natural it was beautiful um very well directed it's kind of like what i would imagine downton abbey would be like if it was just really weird and funny and awkward uh i liked it quite a bit it uh also has a pretty good cast um with uh olivia coleman as queen anne and my stones in it rachel weiss is in it nicholas holt um some uh some pretty good performances enjoyed that quite a bit i watched uh the kid who would be king uh directed by joe cornish and it's kind of like a, a modernization of the King Arthur story taking place in England. I was a little disappointed because Joe Cornish, he directed um, Attack on the Block, which is a fantastic sort of sci-fi kind of kiddie horror movie. Um, and I was expecting something more. It's fine, I guess, if you're looking for something to watch with a younger nephew or sibling. Uh, then I watched Martin Scorsese's King of Comedy. Uh, don't watch that with any younger nephews or, or nieces or siblings. Uh, it's, it's not horrible in content, but uh, probably it wouldn't hold their attention and it gets a little uncomfortable. Um, I like Scorsese's movies quite a bit. This one's maybe a little lower than some other movies. Uh, the acting's really good. The plot's uh kind of naturalistic and in watching it this time I, I recommend watching it it's on prime 
you can see probably how half of the Joker movie is just an adaptation of the King of Comedy. Um, it's incredibly, incredibly similar. And uh, in the ending is, is really clever. I liked it quite a bit. It's not super flashy for Scorsese, but uh, I'm not sure a lot of his stuff at this time really was. And then uh, just last night when I was attempting to go to sleep, uh, I've not been sleeping very well. So uh, I just got a new phone and it came with a year of Apple Plus. And so I was looking at their content, which isn't a lot. They don't have movies. They have, well, they have some movies, um, but it's all original content. And I was looking through and I saw that they had the Beastie Boys story, which uh, is kind of a documentary um, of their career. It's directed by Spike Jones, which I thought was going to be really cool, but it ends up that it's just a recording of sort of a, a spoken word history that um, Adam Horowitz and Michael Diamond do uh, on stage. So it's like the recording of a stage performance where they just sort of talk through the history of the Beastie Boys. So it's not filmed dynamically. There's not a lot of Spike Jones isms in there. But it was really neat to hear the story of these kids that want to be a real band they want to be a real like hardcore punk band but then they get kind of coerced into being this joke and then they tour the world as this comedy act almost and then when they come back they sort of hate what they become and then they go into the studio and they be they they have to work hard at becoming the band that they want to be and not the band that they're positioned as and it's kind of heartfelt and it's funny and and pretty I enjoyed it. As a film, not great, but as a as a story, I thought it was pretty fun. And I'm a Beastie Boys fan, so uh, that scratched an itch and did not help me get to sleep at all. So I think that's what I've watched recently. Beverly, what have you been watching? Beverly... Oh, I didn't know. I thought we were going alphabetical order. Oh, I don't know. I just I, nobody was talking, so I just said your name because you're the biggest picture on my screen. Okay. Well, um, I watched One Punch Man, which is an anime, and then I also watched My Girl, American Psycho, and Heather's. Um, Heather's was good. I think I prefer the musical, though. To be honest. I used to love Heather's. No, I oh, oh, okay. Uh, I can hear your your ducks chirping, which is awesome. Uh, Heather's, yeah. I, I loved <laughs> when I was a teenager. Uh, does it come across as being really dark and insensitive today? Um, yeah? Cameron saying yes? I mean, I didn't personally find it like that, but I could see how it might be to other people. What's it about? <laughs> well... <laughs> not podcast appropriate? Uh, I, I'm not... It's appropriate. I don't think it's appropriate for our, our world, necessarily. But I, I think it's one of those things where the message that it's saying, I think is ahead of its time. Um, although I do think that it's, it's insensitive. So... It's your basic story of um, girl meets psychopath, 
and then they go on a murder rampage, but they cover up all the murders as if they're suicides. Uh. But then there's real suicide that's kind of thrown in there. Um, it's very, very dark comedy. Well done, nonetheless, though. Like, it's a good movie, but... It's got lots of great sound bites. It's very it was, quotable. It was good, I think. It was what? I said I think it was well done. Yeah. And I liked some of the actors in it. Yeah, I think the cast was really good. I, I like the, the Heathers and the Veronica and... Uh, Christian Slater as JD, I think, is. I saw some eyebrows there on Cameron. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I watched. Uh, sorry, I'm just gonna. I watched it legally, um, and so like the quality was really bad, and so I couldn't really like tell what I was watching. I was just kind of like a lot of pixels. <laughs> but then I like watched it again, legally, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. So. That's, a, that's where the eyebrow raise comes from. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of torn because I, I think it does raise some some questions that are important, but I, I, I think it's it deals with suicide in a way that is, is definitely not sophisticated. Um, well, maybe it is sophisticated. It's just not... Um, there are no kid gloves. It's not. Yeah, I don't know. They don't tiptoe like they don't tiptoe around the fact that that's what the subject matter is. Yeah. Maybe just like perhaps a bit controversial now. Yeah, very much. I think they tried to do a television show based <laughs> off of it. I don't. I don't know if it still um, approach the the topic of suicide any longer. But I, I think as social commentary, I, I think it's really interesting. Interesting, I, I think, today as well. I just think it it, it, it doesn't age well in, in some regards. Oh, and there's, then there's also some treatment of, of homosexuality, I think, in it as well. Um, but I, I think that the movie is trying to make fun of homophobia. But I think that people could maybe see it as, as being uh, offensive, for sure. So I, I, I would just be prepared if you're going to watch it. I, I think that it's it's neat. It's also incredibly stylized, all the clothing that everybody's wearing. I know it's making fun of the 80s, but I don't think anybody really dressed like that. So it's, it's kind of cute. Uh, there's something else you watched, Beverly, that I was going to ask. Oh, American Psycho. First time? Yeah. Yes, it was my first time. Okay, and? Um, I was kind of bored throughout all of it. Really? Okay. Yeah. Like, I paused a bunch of times to, like, get up and go get snacks, and then I was still bored, and I think I fell asleep watching it and finished it the next day. Uh. It was supposed to be a comedy. I didn't find it very funny. Yeah, I don't think I laughed at all. And I also didn't find it very scary. I don't know if it was supposed to be scary or not. Unsettling. I don't know. I don't think it went in that direction either. The book is possibly the most graphic, uncomfortable thing that I've ever read. 
movie. I don't recommend it. Mm. It has a really... Pardon me? So, I watched it with my brother, so that kind of, like, added to, like, the uncomfortable, like, kind of laughing at maybe things that weren't funny just because it was, like, a little bit uncomfortable, but... Mm. The, I the, liked it. Oh, the book is just gross. It, yeah. It, I, I don't think the book is supposed to be funny. I think it's supposed to kind of be a, an indictment of white-collar America to a degree. So it's kind of like satire, but not funny satire. And then all of the deaths are in such detail and so gross. Mm-hmm. How long is the book? I want to say about maybe 250. Okay, so not bad. Um, well written. He's a good writer. It's just like he really committed to the let's get into the head of a psychopath. Um, yeah. And then uh, from I, I found this out after I read it that uh, Paul Bernardo uh, read it and got some ideas of what he wanted to do from that book, mm-hmm. which made me feel really gross inside. Yeah. But the end is really neat. I, I think the movie gets the ending across of the book. Um fairly well but anyways anything else Beth? um i'm currently watching naruto and um castlevania which are also animes how's castlevania um i think i'm on the third season or almost on the second season it's okay i don't really watch a lot of like fantasy animes like that and it's all like vampires and stuff but like you know it has my attention so i mean okay i've looked at it a couple times but never threw it on yeah it's an english anime or american i okay cameron um i haven't watched anything since our last podcast um just i've been trying to finish school strong um I've been also, like, in a reading slump, so I haven't been reading too much. I'm currently reading Little Women, um, and that's, like, my favorite independent book. Like, that's not a part of a series. So it's just been nice to, like, be able to read that um, and, like, do that kind of slowly. Other than that, not much. Okay. Well, kudos for throwing yourself into your work. Uh, Jack, what have you watched over the last little bit? Uh, mm, uh, I know I watched, uh, Rambo. Okay. The very first one. It's a really Um, different movie than the, the ones that came after. Yes. I think a lot of people when they throw it on they expect to be getting uh high body count in a good action movie and it's uh it's not it's it's kind of slow character portrait i think correct me if i'm wrong i think only one person dies in the first movie i think maybe no there's more than one there's more than one okay yeah it's just Aren't they all like, they all like uh like not like deliberate deaths or it's like like he like like he was like like uh instigated like he didn't instigate them isn't that what they were like it's not like he's like mowing down people like he's like deliberately isn't it yeah no i think 
isn't uh, one of them is like a like a guy falls out of a helicopter, right? Yeah. But they dude, were fall, dude falls out of a helicopter trying to kill him. Yeah. So and I I think he's like you drew first blood. That's the title. It's not yeah. even called. It's not even called Rambo, is it? It's just yeah. It's not Rambo. actually called Rambo. It's just called First Blood. But did you Rambo like it? The, the name of the character. Did you like it, Jack? Yeah, I yeah. did. Cool. Anything else? Uh, I know I watched more, but I can't really remember. Okay, that's all right. Uh, Grayson. Grayson. Okay, maybe he stepped away from his computer. Uh, okay. Thomas, you wanted to uh, to bring up the rear. Uh, sure. Um, okay, what did I watch? Uh, I watched a a short film on YouTube. It's about an hour long. It's called Forget About Everything. Uh, but the interesting thing about it is that it's completely improvised, um, which is interesting. It's it's about uh, it's about a guy who's house sitting, uh, and then the boyfriend of one of the people who lives who lives at that house shows up one night and he's drunk and then uh, the two the he he gets invited inside and they just kind of like hang out for a few days like the house sitter and the drunk boyfriend um, it's just it's it's just the slice of life kind of story um but yeah it's it's impressive that it's that it, like you know that they can tell a story that's you know like, like I, i'm i'm soon i think the whole thing is improvised i don't know if it's just dialogue or if they like or just like on the spot they came up with the camera angles and all that or not but it says completely improvised so i think that's pretty cool um i also watched you know more lost um, another episode of Modoc. I think the third episode is out now, but it's not. I'm I'm kind of losing interest in it. I'll maybe watch it when all the episodes come out, but yeah, it's it's all right. But I wouldn't say it's a great show. Um, Community. I started watching Community again for the second time. Um, that's that's pretty fun. It's a good show. Um, uh, the Incredible Burt Wonderstone, a Steve Carell movie uh, about magicians. Uh, that's all right. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, I think I thought it was funnier when I was younger, but uh, it's still it's still pretty funny now. Um, maybe just not as much. Um. A couple other uh, little, like, just little short YouTube things I watched. Uh, slightly uh, upsetting slash unsettling uh, commercial involving John Goodman's head on a finger. It's like for like an online casino or something. It's called, it's like Slotomania, I think. It's like his, I don't know, I, I mean, yeah, that's that's what it is. It's just like... I don't know. It's weird. You gotta watch it to 
you gotta watch it for yourself to really experience it. But yeah, it's just a finger with John Goodman's head on it. <laughs> and just talking about all the horrible stuff that he's had to endure. But then when they found this casino online, it was like, hey, everything's great now. Um, uh, another thing I watched, every 90s commercial ever, which uh, is pretty good. It's, it's, a, it's a satire on like those old juice box commercials. Um, and then it just kind of devolves into this like nightmarish John Carpenter, The Thing-esque, like, <laughs> horror movie. It's, it's pretty good. Um, oh, Spider-Man test footage with Tobey Maguire from, like, from, like, the first Spider-Man movie, which is weird because it's, like, uh, it's censored. It's been censored, but, like, there's, like, clearly a lot of swearing in it. It's very bizarre, and like, I don't know. Um, and then I also uh, uh, read some uh, scary stories to tell in the dark books again after a little while, which are pretty fun. Great, great illustrations. If if you haven't seen them, go check them out. The original pretty ones. Yeah, the original ones. Pretty messed up for a kid's book, but I love them. I think, Mr. Anderson, you. what do you think of them? I think they're outstanding. Uh, although I do find that there's a... The stories don't go along with the illustrations. There's a, a sort of disconnect. But the illustrations alone are outstanding and horrifying. Yeah. I think... I think I don't know, maybe... I don't know if your thoughts have changed on this or at all or not, but I know you said the stories weren't really that scary a couple years ago, but I would argue that some of them are... have a, a good deal of unsettlingness to them. Mm -hmm. There's a pretty... There's a pretty good story called, uh... Some, somebody Fell from a Loft or something. Mm -hmm. It's, like, it takes place on a ship. That one's a... Uh, got a pretty good... Uh, that one's a pretty good story and Harold the Scarecrow is a got a pretty messed up ending involving someone getting skinned uh, you know again for a kid's book this is all pretty <laughs> intense stuff but I don't know they're 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 fun they're little they're fun things to, to read and the you know the, like I said the pictures are pretty great that's all I got for news or what I watched. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, so we'll go on to our review of Swiss Army Man. Okay. So Swiss Army's Army Man. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Uh, directed by Dan Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Uh, it stars Paul Dano, Daniel Radcliffe, and Dan Dan Danny Dan. Also, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is also in it, and some other people, but not a whole lot. And the Internet Movie Database describes it as, A hopeless man stranded on a deserted island befriends a dead body, and together they go on a surreal journey to get home. What are your thoughts on the Swiss Army Man? Cameron has a hand up. Very this is formal. My Okay. This is my second favorite movie of all time, officially. Whoa! Uh, 
It's in the running for first. <laughs> okay. Is it is it going to do you think it will improve over time? Yeah, I'm planning on watching it tonight with my brother and I just like it was amazing. <laughs> okay. And and just for context, your favorite movie of all time is Titanic? No. Okay. Little Women, the twenty nineteen okay. like Gerwig one is my favorite. Um, but Titanic's like, sometimes it's Titanic. Is Titanic kind of like your, maybe not like the greatest movie you've ever seen, but just like one that like you love a lot and kind of cherish? Yeah. Because there are some yeah, movies that are sorry. like, I, I love, might... sorry. I might've cut out there, but yeah. You did. <laughs> uh, there are some movies that I love but I wouldn't say that they're my favorite, even though I would maybe want to watch them more frequently than some of the other movies that I think are better. So it's kind of like a, yeah. a cherished versus, like, best movie. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's that's yeah. high regard. Can Okay. I would like to hear without particulars, uh, like, when did you realize that, holy crap, this is my second favorite movie of all time? Um, I, how can I do this without getting into particulars? Like, was it far into the movie? Did Was it one of those movies where you got maybe, like, five minutes in and you're like, I'm going to love this? It was, like, five minutes in, I'm like, okay, I'm going to love this. But then it was, like, okay, the underwater scene where I'm like, this is my, yeah. okay. <laughs> this is, this is my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> okay. I find that really neat because there's a lot of movies that I watch and I get a couple minutes in and I'm like, I, I know that I'm going to love it. And sometimes I get disappointed by the end, but sometimes uh, sometimes the movie holds me there at that level of appreciation. Okay. And this one, like, lifted you up? Yes. Yeah? Okay. Uh, Beverly? Um, I enjoyed it quite thoroughly. The first time I watched it was in grade 9, so, like revisiting it I think I liked it more than the first time even though I didn't really understand like the end the first time I watched it and then I did and I realized the whole thing was basically hallucination I'm not sure if it is um, which was kind of disappointing like the first time I watched it I genuinely thought the dead body came back to life and then just died again at the end okay well I think we need to talk about that not right now <laughs> but okay. later in our conversation okay uh, Grayson, are you back? If he, I was just gonna say, if he's back, maybe we could, before we really get into it, we could get him to, or, if, like, see if he's watched anything recently. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like he's back. Okay, Jack, what are your thoughts on Swiss <laughs> Army Mian? <laughs> hmm. The movie I... I did like it. Definitely not on on my upper echelon of of things, but is, I, don't, I don't know what to say about it. Really. So, is it kind of like mid, like a mid movie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is there something about it that? kind of hinders you from liking it more or something about it that makes you not like it so much? 
guess just because it was, I don't know, it made me uncomfortable, kind of. Okay. But, like, not to the point where it's like, oh, I can't watch this again, like, a certain other movie. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> All right, uh, Thomas. Um, I, uh, for me, another revisit, I think I also watched it in my uh, early years of high school. Yeah, it's it's all right. I, I don't think I loved it either. An entertaining enough movie, but yeah, I don't. I I didn't. I didn't. I feel like I always say the same thing. I'm always like, well, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. <laughs> I always say that. I know I say it, but I feel like I'm, I'm always kind of. I mean, unless it's something like Big Trouble in Little China, where I just was like, I love this movie so much, and I like just in the within the first while of it. But I feel like I'm often like somewhere in the middle sometimes, and I think that's where I am with this one. I think it's funny and it and it's an interesting story. Um, yeah. Okay. I was. I kind of felt like a, like there was going to be more there, but then I was just going to be like, oh, I feel like I'd probably just repeat what I've already said. So yeah, it was it was a funny and interesting story. I thought this is a it's a rewatch for me as well. When I first watched it, I I didn't like it very much. My first viewing, it it kind of bothered me, and I don't think that I had a lot of expectations for it. I thought the premise sounded fantastic, like one of those just like weird bonker movies, and I think that's one of the reasons why it makes for a neat follow-up for something like Rubber, just something very abstract and, and uh, kind of uh, surreal, I guess, going back to the description from IMDb. Uh, but my first time through, I felt like it relied too much on the score and montage to move through and I felt like it was manipulating my emotions quite a bit and and I, I resisted that. It didn't bother me that much this time. Actually, watching it this time, I'm like, I, I, I felt like my my very staunch resistance to, resistance to it the first time was uncalled for because I don't feel like it really relied on on those montages very much and while it does play heavily to the score and maybe the score does a lot of the emotional lifting um i didn't feel as much like it was a crutch as it was just part of the characters which i think that played better for me this time um i was almost amazed this time at daniel radcliffe's performance which is ridiculous because he plays a corpse <laughs> but I thought he was pretty fantastic. Uh, and what still doesn't really do it for me is the ending, which I think we can get to. Yeah, I would I would agree. And maybe I don't understand it, and, and that's very possible, but uh, when it gets to the end, it's... I, I think I understand what is going on, but I don't understand why that's how we end things so i don't know maybe cameron can explain it to me in a way that that it'll 
fit more. But yeah, we, I, okay. You finish your thought. I was just thinking before we get to the end, like before we kind of contemplate that, we can leave that to to the like latter part of our discussion. Um, any particular things that you'd like to address? I cry. You're gonna cry? Or no, you, I did cry. You did, yeah. Uh, I, I think that there's some really cute stuff where the Paul Dano character, I forget his name, um, is it Dan? Is everybody Dan in this? Should we just call everybody Dan? I, I, when I was reading about Swiss Army Man, I just thought everybody's name had Dan <laughs> yeah. in it. I'm like, that's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Paul Dano is, is Hank, uh, and Daniel Radcliffe is, is Manny. Uh, I think that they, obviously they've got a really cute relationship. I really like how Hank is explaining to Manny life, mm -hmm. especially where we start off with the movie where he's contemplating suicide. Mm -hmm. I think that for him to have this sort of journey, this existential journey um, with this inanimate object, maybe, um, and explaining to him how how life works, and, and I like Manny's fish out of water, like he doesn't understand the world, and I... It's pretty adorable. Mm -hmm. I like that way, like at the beginning when he, like when he first starts talking, he just kind of got this "Hi, buddy!" Like, yeah. like, 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 almost like he's still, I guess, like rigor mortis, I guess. Yeah, and, and his voice is different, and I think he even asks, like, "Why am I talking like this?" Yeah. Mm -hmm. I okay, so I went into this knowing sort of Daniel Radcliffe's perspective of his own performance in it because he did like the Hot Ones interview and that's where I kind of like found out about this movie um, and so a lot of the beginning is just like a, like a mold of his body like it's not actually him um, and so once he read the script and saw like what it was and he knew like he could play the part like in that way I think that like I don't know he just did it so like charming like it's so charming and adorable like i really really liked his character um i think i knew like not to take the story seriously when he like when like hank shaved his face using manny's teeth <laughs> okay. so, i'm like this is okay we're just gonna we're gonna just this. um but yeah i thought it was a really adorable like beginning and then like there was like like, I laughed and I cried and I was so excited at, like, by the end. I just, it was so, like, it's just the perfect movie to be watching right now with, like, school coming to an end and stuff like that. Just to, like, be able to, like, just watch a movie with, like, that doesn't take itself seriously or anything. So, yeah. <laughs> but it still has heart as well, mm -hmm. right? There's there's an emotional core. Uh, whether it's effective at, at, at doing it or, or not, I think it's debatable. But it, but it does attempt to be more than just a slapstick stupid comedy which it could have been like the premise sounds ridiculous uh but the directors approach it with a, a level of um i'm not sure poignancy maybe a, a level of, of knowing that there's there's something to it beyond just penis and fart jokes um although i think the the inception of the uh the idea was that they wanted to make a movie that could turn a fart into something emotional instead of a punchline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, and oh, I, I came across um, a little tidbit of trivia where Daniel Radcliffe, although they made a dummy for him, he refused to allow them to use it, and he he made like he he forced himself into every shot unless uh, the physical requirements were too dangerous, mm-hmm. which is neat. So they could have had a dummy, but he's like, no, I can do this. Yeah, which is kind of sweet. Have you guys uh, seen me? Pardon me? Have you guys seen that? I saw an interview on the Graham Norton show. I think this is a while back now, but Daniel Radcliffe brings the, mm-hmm. like, the thing, and he's got it, like, sitting, like, on the chair beside him. It's pretty funny. It's actually really well done, too. Like, it looks pretty realistic. Yeah. Um, I... I think that the effects are pretty cool, and I think most of them are pretty practical as well which uh is really neat oh and and uh cameron mentioned not taking it too seriously about like what's happening with with hank and manny uh although that is the case there's a part that grosses me out so it's not just one part uh it happens multiple times but there's something that grosses me out so much when he uses manny as a canteen i am so grossed out by him drinking the water that has been in that corpse's belly Oh my gosh. It's it's just I would only do it if it was Daniel Radcliffe. Okay, oh, oh, all right. Daniel Radcliffe's rotting insides are somehow better than anybody else's. I trust him most. Okay. <laughs> this is a joke, by the way. Okay, I hope so. Uh but it like that is just really really revolting. Um like when he pushes on his chest cavity more, and it just out. sprays out, and he, oh, it's. <laughs> doesn't he? Doesn't he make like a? Doesn't he like? Doesn't he like make a noise too? <laughs> yeah, there's like a <laughs> blah, 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 noise. Uh, there's there's some good humor. I I like when uh when Hank finds the cork and you just see the cork and then you don't hear any farting afterwards. Yeah. That's pretty cute. Uh, I like the. Laura Dern when he's trying to get like the girl's name on the phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Laura Dern. After <laughs> <Laughter> there. <laughs> um. What? Uh, how to say this? Um, politely. Okay. So farts are a big part of it. Does that take it down a notch? Does it make it too dumb? Is it too sophomoric? so i think i think that it it seems like it's maybe a silly thing but when you think about it i think it sends a good message of like like at the end when he like uh, we don't have to get into the end end but at the end when he's on the beach and he farts in front of the in front of everyone i think that that's kind of a big moment for him as a person for hank as a person Uh oh did we lose cameron again yeah, I think her uh, her internet's a little wonky where she is right now. Uh, yeah, I think she'll be Cindy, back soon. Speaking of that, Cindy wasn't able to make it because of her internet too. Okay. Uh, the oh, Cameron's coming back. Uh, hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, are you doing this just to be dramatic? No, my computer just like kicks me out of the meeting. Um. 
the Thomas was just talking about the the fart that Hank has at the end on the beach. Um, the part that I think it builds up to uh, for me with the farts, it makes it kind of worth worthwhile. Uh, because I think at first, and maybe my first viewing, it kind of put me off. Like, just all these farts, and it's just like, it's cheap comedy to me. But then they do, maybe it was just, I took it the wrong way the first time through. Uh, but when Manny is kind of having his rant, I think it's towards the end. And he's talking about how, like, how people, like, will, will walk away and fart. And, like, then it makes you wonder what else they're keeping from you. That, I thought, was really sweet. That if we can't share these kind of natural things, and, and I'm not suggesting that we should all fart together when uh, we can leave our houses again, but I think that that there is something about it. Manny not really understanding the world and how things work, but for him to say like, if you're hiding this from me, what else are you hiding from me? I mm-hmm. think is really sweet, and in a question that we probably ask ourselves about everybody in our lives. I'm sure there's things that, that we withhold from the people that are closest to us. And then, you know, if, if, if you don't share that stuff, then, then what other stuff are you not sharing that maybe you should? Mm-hmm. Um, what about the, um, the navigational... Um, uh... Uh, okay. Okay. tool that that Manny um, has. Bad bad joke incoming. The the compass. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that was weird. Yeah. It uh, was weird. Mm-hmm. When we got like a nice like Tarantino style like zoom in on it, I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm not so. I'm not so sure. I really like, and, and especially how it moved. That was. It, it made me like. I was afraid yeah. of whatever the was. Was uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Didn't it make it? Like, like, Hank think. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. He's on to something here. <laughs> like, it's really random. I don't know if it made a noise. I just thought the way that it moved was just so. Like, it was like Ash's hand. It was like Ash's hand in Evil Dead. It had a yeah. mind of its own. Um, I don't know. Maybe if it just pointed in one direction, I would have felt better about it. But I thought there was like an animal in his pants. <laughs> like, I thought something was eating him. That's that's what I thought the first time through. I thought something was like in his pants eating him. And then like, oh, nope, that's, it's, no. Nope. 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 <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> um, so, uh, Cameron, did you want to talk about your water experience? Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, that scene made me cry. So and they're, they're crossing the bridge, right? And, uh, and then they, they kind of break through and then they fall into the water. And mm-hmm. Manny's sinking down, and then Hank goes back, goes after him? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, so, okay, so if you look on the, the parent's guide, 
it says that Hank is blowing air into that, like into Manny. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think that they're just smooching, and that's how I want to happen in my brain. It looks like a kiss, mm-hmm. for sure. And like, and I feel like there was some spicy feelings between Hank, but it's also what happens when you haven't seen anybody except for this dead body for however long he was out there for. Um, I just, I really, really liked that scene. I just was like, okay, this is one of the best movies I've ever watched. I've never felt this way over a movie so not literal, where I was like, this is, this this feels special to me for some reason. I think there could be, like, a kind of a, like, two meanings behind that scene. I think one of them, the more, like, uh, I guess literal maybe would be the the word but you know he's blowing air into his lungs so he can so they can get back up to the surface but also in that like way you're saying like with a kiss maybe getting back to the surface is this just feeling of like overcome with like love or something i don't know and that's like Mm -hmm. i don't i think there's there's kind of there's like there's like the i guess the physical and then there's like also like emotional I guess, I don't know, There, I think there's like two, there could be two, there's two ways you can look at it. Yeah. That they're working in tandem. Like yeah. But also this is happening. And that could be the same for the ending too. It could be an emotional thing or it could be a literal thing. But. Did that scene have an emotional impact for you? Is, is it the, the LGBTQ kind of? content of or just two characters that are having an emotional connection at that time is it specifically like him showing Manny his appreciation of him that he accepts him or I think it could be everything I don't know they've just been the I don't know they they've been reliant on each other for for so long um and they just had like finally like a special moment that wasn't like them like either like having to survive and like overcoming that well yeah they were trying to survive but like i don't know and i think the score also played a huge role in that as well um like you were saying like that could have been manipulative of how i was feeling hold on i need to plug my computer in really quick um i do think the the score does a lot for the emotion but i i kind of also don't feel like it's um it's as manipulative as I thought before. I think particularly because I think a lot of the the score is just a reworking of the song that Hank kind of sings to Manny. Like mm-hmm. it just that just kind of ties through. So I, I feel like it's connected to the character. So I don't feel like it's it's cheating. I think it is. I think it's doing a lot of the lifting maybe for the movie. But it I'm I'm not so sure it's cheap like I thought the first time through. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I look- like watching it again and seeing how I feel and kind of like knowing what's kind of coming next so that I can like process it more rather than it just kind of being thrown at me and being like mm-hmm. oh but, yeah and in the, the bizarreness of the story I think you do have to spend a lot of your your brain power on just kind of following along not that it's a complex plot but just like you're seeing something so bizarre um they do tease a kiss for them before when they're kind of like drinking at that party scene. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So you also get that build up where it's like, hmm, are this... there feelings there? But Manny also thinks that he's this from the phone. Mm-hmm. Well, the only girl that he's ever really seen. Yeah. Well, other than the magazine. Mm-hmm. Um. It's like this is like a uh, a a more light-hearted version of the lighthouse. I <laughs> stuck together. Um, so if we scoot a little towards the the end, um, before we get to the the end end with them on the beach, um, when they discover when uh, by they I mean um, I forget the uh, the name of. Uh, Winstead's character, the, but the woman that uh, Hank has a crush on, uh, when her and her family and the the film crew are are kind of going through her backyard and they find where they've been hanging out, um, is that supposed to suggest that they've been there all along? I think so. Yeah, I don't think he was ever stranded on an island. Yeah. So when when they start and he's about to hang himself. That's all not real? I think it's... It Go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. I don't know. It's hard because you... It's like... You think about the intro when he, like, turns into, like, the jet ski. That looks like they're going on a voyage. But then you also think about... What about, like, the bridge and all that kind of stuff? Like, where did that all go? Like, mm-hmm. where did... So, I feel like... It is possible that it was. They were there the whole time. But again, that's more like leaving it up to you, how you felt about the story, perhaps. So if Manny's... If Manny is this supernatural corpse, then they've made this trek. But if not, he's just been living in the squirrel's backyard? I think so. I don't know. It's hard to say. Okay. The other thing, and... Logically, I feel like this is a problem. Not as much of a problem for me because I think the movie's entertaining enough and it's abstract enough that I, I think somebody could explain it away. He must have been there for a really long time if he made all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, when he was like, when he, when they were in the cave and he was like, he was like, and it was like everything was like just kind of like all the little buildings and people that he's building on was like was like no way he would be able to like obviously it's a, it's like a showing a passage of time but it was like that would take so long to make all of that stuff and make it look that good. Well <laughs> a like, passage yeah. a passage of time but then also not real. Mm-hmm. Like like a figment of his imagination. But then at the end you realize those aren't a figment of his imagination. That he's actually made that that bus and he's made he made that party scene and he made a movie theater and all of that stuff, um, which is incredible and insane at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think had they left Manny, like we knew he was a dead body, then that definitely would have like changed my perspective on the movie. Mm-hmm. It made me like it less, perhaps. Um, but I think I like how it's kind of open to, like, myself to think about on kind of how I want to perceive it. 
Yeah, well, it's definitely ambiguous. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like there, there are two basic ways of, of viewing it. Either there, like Manny has, for whatever reason, these these crazy abilities, or that Hank is hallucinating everything, which is what Beverly, I guess, thinks, right? Given what you said before. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like when when they when they're in the backyard, right? And Manny like the body introduces himself, but then the girl starts calling Hank Manny, and then everyone thinks Hank is Manny. So I feel like maybe he was like pretending to be the voice of Manny, like, like a the whole time ventriloquist. Yeah. <laughs> he could have. Um, so, I think you can definitely read it like that. And the movie even puts that idea out there because I think that... I think Hank mentioned something like that at some point through the movie. That, like, he might be talking to, to this corpse, but, like, it, it's all in his head. I think that happens a little bit early on in the movie. But I could be wrong. But then at the end, and, and this is where I have the problem, I think the end of the movie definitely is supposed to showcase that Manny's supernatural, right? Like, yeah. he, like everybody yeah, that, sees him motorboat away. Yeah, that... I mean, unless they're all just, for some reason, shocked and looking at... Uh, Hank for some reason. I think but the way they I frame... Like everybody sees it. And even the camera guy, he's like, does he put up the camera or take yeah. it down? I think maybe lifts it up. Yeah, and uh, and it, it, he's framed, the cameraman's framed. I think the cameraman is actually the guy who did the score for the movie, which is kind of fun. Um, huh. Like, he, he's framed in a way that it looks like he's following something. And what did it for me, and I don't know how to interpret this, and it bugs me as well, but not bug me in a way that I think it's bad. It's, I don't, I don't get it. Um, and it's the look on his dad's face when Manny starts to, like, motorboat away. His dad smiles at Hank. And I don't know what to make of that either. Is it just like, hey, you weren't making this up. It's real. What I know about the relationship, though, is that they're they're pretty distant. They send each other e birthday cards. Um, the dad is is kind of ashamed of his kid when he comes to pick him up. Obviously, there's emotions because when he goes and he thinks that he's dead, he he goes back to his car and he's like, "I can't do it. I can't identify the body," but. It just seems like if you were to see a corpse kind of move away, I don't know why his response would be like, attaboy. Like, like it, it's a it's a smile of kind of like appreciation. Yeah. Like, I, I, I knew you had it in you kind of smile. Like, I knew you always had it in you to make friends with a corpse. Like, it, it's weird. And if he feels happiness, I guess it would just be the relief that his son's not crazy and as much of an embarrassment as he thought but that the smile doesn't seem like that smile to me that's the direction that i took it in it's like okay you were like you had your the bar was on the floor 
like my kid is like a disappointment he's put me through all of this he's embarrassing me but then it's like oh maybe he's not crazy I think that's how I took it um he was just sort of like relieved and the bar was just so low (laughs) that Mm -hmm. it but like I, I I totally agree like there's something about it maybe it's a performance thing maybe it wasn't supposed to come across that way and maybe we're reading too much into it but I don't know yeah the film was put together pretty quick from what I understand like I think it was filmed in like 22 days or something um so I, I don't know I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of torn on one hand like if Beverly's interpretation that Hank's just crazy and this is all a hallucination I, I I get that interpretation and then it becomes like somebody's attempt to cope with the world and the struggle of of being part of it but then also being separate from it and and maybe you remove yourself from the world like we've done over the last year and then we realize the things that we've appreciated about it and sometimes it takes that distance to to acknowledge that and i think that's kind of neat and then it's also maybe a little take on on mental illness and how we need other people in our lives and we can't do it alone and and i think that that's kind of interesting but then the end of the movie i don't understand why they show him going away and other people's responses unless everybody else gets kind of brought up into hank's hallucinations or maybe hank starts to project it on everybody around him that could work um but then it it seems to me like the movie's really attempting to show that manny's got some sort of magical abilities and if that's the case I don't know what to make about the rest of the movie, really. And maybe it's a, a neat talking point, but I, f- I feel like there's something wrong with the ambiguity at the end of the movie. Maybe it's like... Uh, I remember when we did the Eraserhead podcast a few years ago, we spent so much time trying to be like, what does it mean? What does it mean? Uh, and then we were like, well, maybe... Maybe it doesn't mean anything, but David Lynch did something right because we're still talking about it. Mm-hmm. However, you know, 40 years later, or however many years it's been. But the ambiguity of Eraserhead seems more open ended than the ambiguity of Swiss Army Man. It seems like it has. Like, I guess just in like the way where we're just like. Like maybe 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 it's just they had no maybe they're the when the directors were did that they were like, We don't know what this means. In the way that we talked about maybe David Lynch had no there was no meaning behind a racer head. Like maybe the directors in this were just like, Yeah, we'll just let the audience the uh we'll just let them think of what it might mean. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think that, that if that was the choice that they went with, I think it maybe wasn't the right choice. Like, I, I think it would be better and it would work in that discussion forum. It, imagine this. Imagine the, the end of the movie is happening. They're on the beach. Um, Hank's taken Manny with him um, and plopped him down on, like, by the water. And then 
and 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 like we'd even have like the vibrating body and like the gas and stuff but then instead of seeing manny like shoot off into the water what if we just cut to the cameraman who like raises the camera and like and follows something and then we're not really sure we don't see it because seeing it it's like that's definitely like we see it everybody else sees it it's that's what's happening yeah. And in- instead, instead of seeing it happen, if we were to see something else, and then like even the dad's smile, what what's he smiling at? Um, I think that would have worked. You could better. Uh, even Soderbergh could uh, recut that. Check it up on <laughs> yeah. YouTube. He could. He's got a bunch of movies coming in. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I guess not to go off topic, but there's a new one coming out uh, with Don Cheadle. Yeah. And uh, a few other people in it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm, I'm just sort of left in a little, a little unsatisfied. I think of that I loved the story, like, kind of all the way through, um, that I didn't feel like the ending was so terrible that it's like it ruins the rest of everything that I loved about the beginning and the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't think it's it's not a terrible ending. It's not it's not the worst ending in a movie by a long shot. So I don't know. I I don't think it's terrible, but I I just feel like I'm left with like I I don't know what to do with this. Mm-hmm. Um. And and I, I also don't think it mars the movie. It, it just frustrates me. But not frustrates me. There are movies that frustrate me in a way that, that I really like. This one frustrates me in a way that I, I just... Those movies that are ambiguous, I can go down different paths. And okay, it could be this, and it could be this, and it could be this. And this one I feel like I'm, I'm left in this very simple dichotomy. And I don't know what to do with this two-sided sort of thing. But maybe I'm trying to apply logic to a movie that's maybe it's supposed to be unrealistic yeah um another thing that maybe could work and instead of focusing on on hank so much if we switch the focus to manny the movie could be less about mental illness and um and maybe even less about being part of the world and it could just be a refusal to acknowledge death like a like a rage rage against the dying of the light sort of thing like a just like a, a refusal of letting the laws of the world control us yeah which i think i like better maybe mm-hmm. that would be really cool hey um i have to go you do okay yeah uh jack can you uh how would you score the movie what letter grade would you give it? Letter grade, I give it a B. A B? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Favorite signal. See you guys. Bye. Do you have a favorite? Bye. Uh, Grayson. Hi. Uh, you joined us back. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, would you like to share your ideas on Swiss Army Man? I'm not quite sure what you guys already talked about, but uh, I, I thought it was 
kind of nice. I was kind of like comedic, but then it also kind of had like a like a like a moral to the story or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are there any particular parts that you liked? We could talk about favorite scenes. I think we already got cams. There's like a favorite scene, but like, I feel like, uh, more like, uh, there's either like the really comedic moments or like really sincere moments, and I kind of like the sincere moments a bit better. Mm-hmm. Is there any particular sincere moments um, that you enjoyed? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I like to pick favorites too often, but... Um, I enjoy the conversation that they have in the tree towards the end. Um, I, was, I feel that it's a little hard to pick parts out of this movie because of like it does have this kind of montage sort of everything blends in together. Yes. Um, the bus scene I think is um, kind of cute as well um, where Hank dresses up and in, in, like he cross dresses um, to help Manny out I think that's kind of fun but it also a lot of the movie seems to be really precious like, like they're trying to make it precious a little bit um, and there's that in there too um, and maybe Maybe I'm a little jaded that I attempt to resist, like, maybe saccharine kind of stuff. But I think that's kind of part and parcel of the, of the movie and what they're trying to do with it. Um, so I think it, it kind of falls into that score category where I acknowledge that they're doing it. And it might be a little heavy-handed for me, but I think it fits well enough with the intent of the movie that it doesn't seem manipulative because it's kind of like it's wearing its its heart on its sleeve i guess and it's hard to fault that i think bev um i think my favorite part was when hank is like dressed up as the girl and manny starts um saying like his secret where he like when he masturbates he thinks about his mom (laughs) And Hank gets mad. Like, no, no, let me finish. And he makes it like less weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I do like that they they bring in uncomfortable conversations, and because Manny is so innocent, and the way that Hank explains it, it makes it not feel so awkward anymore. And it, it, the way that he that the thing that the topics are approached is almost like a why can't we talk about these things mm-hmm. and it, it's kind of like how people like when when they eat they cover their mouths and it's like why are you doing that like everybody eats we know what's going on in your mouth um why are people embarrassed if they let a fart go it, it's completely natural um why do we get embarrassed when we trip going up the stairs every single person trips going up the stairs at some point in their life and yet like it happens to us and like then you look around you're like did anybody see that i hope nobody saw it who cares and i i I really appreciate 
that kind of treatment. And I think that the script is pretty sophisticated in that fashion, that it can deal with these taboo subjects. And then by the time you get to the end of it, you're like, it's not a big deal. Mr. Anderson, you should go into uh, motivational speaking. Okay. Have like, this big, like, like, so what if you fart? <laughs> Thomas, I appreciate that, but I think that uh, me being a motivational speaker might be probably one of the worst ideas that you've ever had. No motivational music in there. Just. Okay, uh, let's do letter grades. Uh, oh, could I check the favorite scene? Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, no problem. Uh, I think I really enjoyed the, the scene when they uh, discover, like, uh, like a lot of the, like, main... Like, there, I think there's a montage when they're, like, shooting rocks and all that. Um, Chopping the, wood. Yeah. Yeah, the... the, the, yeah. the, the yeah, all that was that was fun. I think I really thought that was. Uh, I think I really liked that scene the first time I saw it. Um, but I think maybe just like Daniel Radcliffe's performance. Uh, I guess just as you know, someone who who appreciates uh, like I appreciate like physical acting, and I think I was like. That's a good job, and that's like something like I, I like I I like physical comedy, and it's something I I've always kind of been had an interest in, or at least maybe more recently I I enjoy physical comedy, and I think he does a good job at like Daniel Radcliffe does a good job in in that category of of that. Yeah. So maybe not necessarily a but more just like a general performance <laughs> and and like he's pretty funny too like his delivery of the lines and everything mm-hmm. he's he's uh and like just like his voice and everything I think it's it's all he does a good job with that character I think so too mm-hmm. okay uh letter grade I would give it, I think, a B plus, which it's come up a lot for me. I I was I was pretty pretty against this movie the first time I saw it, um, but this time through, uh, I think it's it's sweet, it's peculiar. Um, it's a movie that I want to share with other people. But it's not the kind of movie that you'd throw on like Big Trouble in Little China where there'd be like a party because I, I don't feel like it's that kind of goofy. Um, but like maybe like a, a more intimate like like one other person sort of deal like watching it with your brother or, or something I think it would work like that. But the, the premise of the movie sounds like you should be able to put it on at a party and it's just ridiculous. But it's not. It, it's more tender than that. Um... And maybe on a rewatch, maybe it'll, it'll sneak its way up a little bit. And I, I, I think it might. I think so. between the two, like, weird, like, back-to-back weird uh, surreal movies that we've watched, I think I enjoyed Rubber more. I think Rubber works better as a surreal movie. Because I, I think it's more clear about 
what is real and what is not real and that you can't take it seriously. Um, so I, I think it, it plays in that realm more efficiently. But if I was going to watch a movie again, if I was going to watch one, I would I would definitely watch Swiss Army Man before I watch Rubber again. When I when I said that for the listeners, Cameron's eyes went wide <laughs> like the look of shock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, like I often say, I, I didn't hate it, but I there's other movies that I like more than this. So what would you give it? Maybe like a C plus or a B. A C plus or a B, not a B minus. Or well, okay, we'll get that. Is it C C plus B minus B plus? Yeah. Okay, I guess yeah. So maybe maybe C or B minus. Okay. Beverly. Um. I would give it an A minus. Okay. Any reason? Um, I just would. Okay. <laughs> uh, Cameron. I'm gonna give it an A plus, and I think it like is gonna get better when I rewatch it too. So I just like, I don't know. I'm happy that I was able to like. Especially because, like, I wouldn't have ever watched this had it, we not done it for Film Club. So, I'm just, like, really happy about it. About it. And then we get other movies like Rubber, where I'm just like, oh. Cinema. Well, I, I hope you don't... Uh, even if you don't like the movie, I hope you, you're appreciative that you watched the things that we, we watched. I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, even if I have food that, that I don't particularly like, I'm, I'm usually happy that I tried it. And I try to think about that, like, like art. I might not like this song or this band, but I'm happy I had the opportunity to listen to it. Unless it's just really bad. Yeah. A lot of music that I listen to, uh, like, I have a very... I listen to a lot of strange music, but that's through Mr. Anderson just playing strange music in his classroom all the time and I and I've kind of developed this like for <laughs> music that is not the normal yeah well and this movie is like it's it's cinema like that it's cinema that's that's atypical yeah for sure um, before we go can I read you the movieguide.org entry yeah. Rated it? Uh, what? Did everybody give their rating? Did yeah. Grayson? Oh, Grayson, sorry, I forgot about oh. you. I'm a horrible human being. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, um, I'd probably give it a B. Because uh, I, I feel like I'm on the same page with you, Mr. Anderson. Like, I'm glad I watched it, but, but like, it's, uh, it's like one of those, like you said, like, watch it with, like, one other person kind of things. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little more intimate. Um, and I, I was presently surprised that I walked away liking it more this time. And I don't know when I'm going to watch it again. Uh, but I think that it it may go up some more. I think. 
Okay, so uh, movieguide.org, um, they, uh, they give it three stars on the quality meter and then a negative three on content saying that it's excessive content and or worldview problems. And, uh, I'm, I'm throwing it out there. This is probably pagan worldview again. Okay, well, it's always pagan worldview. You might be surprised. Um, very strong romantic worldview on seizing life even for foolish reasons, following bursts of emotion, and if one feels no love, life is meaningless, plus some strong humanist elements, including a strongly existentialist hopeless ending and a reference to humans being evolved with some moral components on love requiring honesty and loyalty and thrown out Bible is found in the woods. But character later uses book to illustrate lessons on fecal matter and brief light homosexual illusions, but nothing is acted out. At least 26 obscenities, six profanities, discussion of male and female anatomy, vomiting, and recurrent flatulent humor throughout. Strong and light violence includes man attempts to hang himself, two men fall off a cliff, bear bites a man's leg with blood splatter, and man underwater gets air from dead guy's mouth. Man is shown in Swimsuit Magazine, and gets an erection that becomes a recurring plot point. Long discussions on masturbation, a man impersonates a woman to teach another man how to talk to a lady who infatuates both of them, which leads to some weird romantic tension that isn't really realized. Rear male nudity, upper male nudity, scantily clad women in Sports Illustrated magazine, drinking and drunkenness, no smoking or drug use, and lying and immoral relativism. I think we have uh, a new train punches through blocks of ice. Yeah? Bible, Bible is trapped in woods. What does that mean? Um, <laughs> I find a Bible in the woods, but <laughs> it's trapped? Um, I, uh, I, it, uh, I, the, uh, the use of the Bible I thought was kind of funny how it is used to, uh, to be like a everybody poops book. I found that pretty, pretty... Maybe I shouldn't say funny, but I'll say funny. Yeah. Um, okay. So, that's it. Cameron, I'm I'm very happy that you adored it. It's always nice when somebody can find a new movie that they really like. And uh, do you think your brother's going to like it? Um, I don't know. He's hard to please. He likes more, like, there's a problem, we're going to fix it in the end kind of movies. Oh, okay. Um, but I think he'll, I think he'll appreciate like the humor in it all. So I think I don't know. It, it'll just be nice to like spend time with him um, to like watch like something funny. Especially he just moved out. Um, oh, okay. So it'll be yeah, like into this house. Okay. For school, um, so it'll be nice to like kind of just do that before we're like parting ways. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, I don't know what we're going to do next week or the week after. If anybody has any suggestions, because we're getting towards the end, um, I think that if we do a movie next week, we should treat it as possibly our last movie. Um, and if we get another podcast in, um, that would be great. So if there's a particular movie that you think would be a fantastic year-ender, um, let me know, and uh, we can see if we can make it work. Big Trouble in Little China. Again? <laughs> Again, oh, we do the podcast. Yeah. I've okay. been thinking about rewatching that. Like, I've been like, I almost, I was like, I should watch that again before this podcast. I never got around to it, but I was like, 
I, that may be dethroning Raiders of the Lost Ark as a comfort movie. And I've only seen it once, but I feel like, like I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark recently, and I was like, ah, oh, it's just still good, and, and it's a fun, exciting action movie, but it's not as good as I remember it being. And I'm wondering if Big Trouble in Little China is going to be a long-standing favorite of mine. That's like, I can always go to this movie, and I'll always have a fondness for it. I don't know. I think it is incredibly rewatchable myself, but but that's just me. Yeah, and I think uh, I, I, I would, I, I'm definitely going to rewatch it again soon. And I, I think I also may watch Rubber again. Okay. All right. Uh, so if you have any requests, let me know. Um, thanks for joining us. Have an A1 day, listeners. Bye. Sounds about a dog, 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 dog,